Hail! Welcome to Owen's Alchemy. Today we have a great pleasure of welcoming uh, somebody that's a, a friend of Lindsay from Crow777. And Lindsay contacted me and said that uh, Kira here has one hell of a story to tell and that I should have a listen to it. And I said, well, of course then. Um, so everybody welcome Kira and please tell everybody where they can find you and uh, pertinent information. So uh, as they're enjoying your story, they can look you up. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Kira Kali. Uh, the name's right here. And um, same goes for Facebook. But other than that, I'm not... I really am kind of more of a hands-on type of person. So that's where really most people find me is word of mouth. Very nice. Where, where are you? Where are you? Where are you now? I'm located in Apache Junction, which is uh, east of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I, yeah, I moved here a year ago and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, the heat. I mean, you know, a lot of people can't handle the heat, but for me, I love the heat. I've been in Northern California for a really long time, and I lived in a in a lot of different mountain towns, so it's nice to be in the sun. Oh, nice. Yeah, we live in the mountains right now. Um, something fierce, like we haven't seen the sun for... It, it's getting to where we get a little bit throughout the day, you know, Kurt, yeah. it's where oh, the dark sure. side of the mountain to boot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Rose has a, she said that you had uh, one hell of a story that uh, she was telling me. Yeah. You know, Rose, Rose has known me for a long time. So she's seen, you know, different phases throughout my journey that I've posted on Instagram or Facebook. So she could have been referring to a lot of those different phases, but I think the one that's most relevant is that I've been doing a lot of healing work with her. Um helping her body kind of come back into a homeostasis as well as, you know, the spiritual aspect. And um, I think that, you know, on our journey, we all go through shit and we lose a little piece of our soul each time. And that's where that trauma bond happens. So it's my job to begin to collect that again. That's very cool. Um, Let's see, she had she had basically what she had described almost sounded uh, similar to an exorcism type situation. <laughs> yeah, you know it's interesting. It's like when people ask me what I do, uh, it's really hard for me to describe because I can't describe what I do. It's it, right. there are no words, and I think the closest word that you could describe is mixed between magic and mystical. Um, and right. so. Yeah. And so for me, you know, my, my journey to where I'm at now has led me to being in a position of calling in people through the death and rebirth portals. And what I mean by that is like people who are going through awakenings or who are ready to step out of the fucking matrix and to like ignite why they came here. And so that's my process. And along that process, I have now decided it's a gift. <laughs> um, I've had the gift of being able to see when there's entity attachments and being guided on how to remove those. And so, yeah, that's, 
that's been a lot of my work in the last few months, I think. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, so are you physically seeing them or is this a, a sensory type thing? Um, I have visuals. Um, I have visuals. I have sensations and I, there's a knowing. And so for me, um, you know, it's kind of about in a really odd way in the sense that like, I will get the information and then I'll ask the client. So what have you been experiencing? What have you been feeling? And then there has been this new, uh, how do I describe this? This new gift of like understanding how to work in the quantum. So seeing someone's body, their organs, um, their physical and seeing where the entity is attached and knowing how to execute through the quantum field if it's a distant session. And I'm not saying like that's every time, you know, I, this just began like probably a year ago when I started coming into this, this whole phase of, of my work. Um, so I'm really still learning. I'm learning a lot about what, what entities are, what they really are in their essence, um, the different types, and really beginning to understand how people begin to get attachments. You know, and that's through the breakdown of the luminous body of the auric field. When there's holes in the auric field, <sighs> energies come through, they penetrate, and they wait to find a space to creep into the body. You know, they're looking for life force energy right. to live off of. So, um, you know, if you're not taking care of your body, if you're in a lot of trauma, if you're having a lot of doubt and fears, these are all beautiful concoctions to have an entity attachment waiting. And, you right. know, it's like no one, no one bypasses that, you know, I've had entity attachments. Everyone has, it's an energy, right? It's like, we live in a world of polarity. So there is negative and there is positive. And that's really what it is. People get really fearful of the word entity because I think it's associated with religion and that's a whole other story. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, it can be a relevant story, a hundred percent. But I yeah, think she's that... she just uh, decided she wants some severe lovings all of a sudden. It's, it's not even the same that? kitten from before. This is Sage. <laughs> you cannot deny that. No. Yeah. So no, do you know any other entities? Um, I personally ticket? don't. Uh, uh, deal with a whole lot of uh, such things myself. I don't really see much of anything. It always fascinates me when people when people see things. Um, I also don't uh, uh, have visions or anything like that typically. Although I do feel things when I'm around. I can feel when something is. Uh, I don't see anything, but you know, I can feel when something's not right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really sensitive to that. And I, and I react, uh, <clears throat> uh, I, I'm good at using that, you know, where I, where if I sense that I'm not going to go hang out there, or I'm not going to go do that, but yeah. I don't ever see anything. Uh, <clears throat> so that would be so more it of just, a, it's fast. 
Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when when you see them, what do they look like? Again, this is fascinating. That's fascinating for me. Yeah. Um, well, we'll go to the last one that happened. I was holding, I hold medicine journeys for with specific medicines. And I had a beautiful couple um, join me and, and their daughter is actually apprenticing with me. So she was there as well. And it was just like a normal medicine journey, did the ceremony set up and gave them the medicine and sat back and just kind of waited. And then um, out of nowhere, I saw the gentleman slump his head. And I was like, huh? And I look again and I, I saw something slither in the back of his spine and I can't explain it because it's a third eye vision, right? It's like not like a physical thing that's actually happening, but I asked my apprentice, I said, what do you see? And she goes, it looks like he's struggling. I go, no, that's a fucking entity. And so mm -hmm. moved behind him and asked him to take some deep breaths and his breaths were, <sighs> I was like, okay. Started checking the spine because the spine is so sensitive, right? It, it's, it's where our whole nervous system kind of originates and like how we respond to certain things. So. I felt his nervous system and then tuned into the spinal cord and felt the slither. And then, so that was at that point, I tend to use uh, incense, different types, copal, uh, juniper, frankincense. Um, and so I went to go get that. And I asked him as I was getting it, what is your name? And he, and he looked at me and he said, you know what my name is. And from that moment on, it didn't turn into a lovely medicine journey. It turned into a four and a half hour exorcism. <laughs> and so it was pretty wild. That one was very intense for me, um, particularly because the human self and the entity were joined as one. It had come on to him when he was very, very young. And so it was almost as one. So when I was seeing visuals and moving the energy, it was attached. It looked like a spider web throughout his whole spinal cord. Like that was the energy that was moving through yeah, and then up amazing. into the umbilical cord. Yeah. So, you know, and he had that from birth then. So when it's not from birth, is the attachment so deep in, in like that, or is it more, uh, uh, just on a smaller spot? Is that just because that was in there so long and so ingrained? Yeah, I think, you know, for him particular, I think it happened when he was five, he had a particular trauma and that's when it began. Um, I think that a lot of children that have, you know, physical, sexual or emotional traumas that are deeply embedded and never healed, um, open you up and you're fighting almost constantly with your own demons, quite literally. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's not that funny, but, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're fighting with, with the thing that like you think is you and it's not you, you know? And for him, he used to have, he would tell me, he told me he would have outputs of rage and he doesn't know where it comes from. And this family in particular was very religious. And so there's some indoctrination there with the fear of hell. And so that was inputted too, right? So we have this whole concoction of like tra religious trauma, you know, childhood trauma, and him trying to be good enough to go to heaven. 
And so that is the piece where oftentimes when you have someone that's in fear of going to hell, they will do everything they can to be good and they will bypass their shadow work. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and it's just uh, the whole thing, that whole thing. <laughs> yes, Sage. That whole thing is just a trap all around. It, it, it's a bad deal all around. Uh, that whole perfection thing, it ends up getting people where, uh, like my wife, um, when I met her, she was really not open to doing or trying new things. And it's because she had to be perfect all, all the time. She, mm. you, know, you, you don't go do things you're not good at because you, then you're not good. <laughs> like, you know, and, and you know, that, that uh, fear of failure of, uh, you know, like somehow failing makes you a failure like because you failed to do something you know because you failed at doing no you just failed you just got to do it again and again sometimes a bunch of times eventually you get it you're not the you're only a failure when you decide you're not going to continue on now you've failed and you know uh so that's also your entire story right there it reminds me very much uh my wife uh, is a, a Reiki master and does massage. And she had a client that the had this just recurring problem and couldn't and couldn't let it go. And Christy was also going through some changes and learning and was going through that time period of a healer where she's she was learning more of the healing wasn't really about Christy. It's it's about the other person and Christy's not really doing it that much. She's just opening up this space for the other person to do it. And, uh, uh, this person has been holding on to a passed away child, uh, for years now. And, and this is, this has ruined her life. And this, you know, every month is a horrible month because of some association with this passed away child, which wasn't a child. It was an adult child. Um, you know, so, uh, and Christy finally, Christy, uh, got kind or something came out and was talking to her. And Christy said, are you ready to let, you know, let this go? Cause she could sense the pain that she was holding the pain on purpose and that she's the one causing it herself. And she asked her, are you, are you ready to let this go? And she said a very forceful man's voice came out and said, no. And then that was the end of that. You know, she was not, and she wasn't ready to let it go at all either. That was, and so there really was no helping this. Yeah. And that's so interesting because it's what you least expected. I'm sure she, that was like the last thing she expected to come out. Yeah. And and it's true. You have to honor uh, each individual's journey. If they're not ready, they're not ready, you know, but they're the people that have come to me, there is, they know because this is the vibration I call in that when you come see me, there's going to be a deep fucking transformation that takes place, whether it's an entity and energy or whatever, but these people that come to me are ready to let go, you know, but for going to Reiki, it's like, you don't know what's going to come up, right? Like there's an energy of like, just trying to release. And so if that comes up, it's like, okay, then I don't have permission to actually move this. Yep. Yep. It was a pain that she had, that she was holding that 
was still in association with her son that she was not willing to let go no matter how much it was hurting her. And yeah, you cannot make that happen. No, not at all. <clears throat> I often find that um, there are a lot of people out there that want support and nurturing, but they don't want to take the action to do it. And that's what I'm talking about with the shadow work, right? Like Rose yeah. told me that, you know, you've gone through your own deep, like shadow work and like the shit that you've been through and being able to come out and be able to talk about it on the other side. Like that's, that's the juice of life. Right. And that's yeah. where, like, for me, it's like, I, I create a temple for these people to feel safe enough to release their shadow to look at the gift behind the shadow because every there's always a gift behind the shadow always. And it's just, you have to be willing to move through it. Well, the, 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 the problem with that one is, is, you know, for most people is they won't, they won't step out of the life that they're living. And, and, you know, there's an entire misunderstanding of ego in, in its entirety where people only like put this anytime, like anytime somebody's being a dickhead, they think that's ego, but understanding that ego is the, this entire life that we're living, this carbon life yes. and that there's things inside you that are not necessarily aligning with this carbon life that you're living. And until you stop living that life and the noise of it, you'll never hear it. Yeah. And, and then even when you hear it to try and then implement it into this life that your ego is living, that's a tough thing. Yeah. It takes courage. You know? And I, I love how you said that. Like this whole experience is about the ego. That's why we chose to incarnate is to understand polarity, to understand evolution, to understand ego and free will. And so we have this beautiful opportunity and I, and I often see in the healing community, it's like, Release the ego, release the ego. Yes, and the ego is still going to be there. There's the healthy and unhealthy ego, yeah. right? And um, I think there's there's a lot of beautiful people out there doing incredible work in regards to anchoring in the light for humanity, you know, in the healing mm -hmm. space. And, um, you know, <laughs> I always said, I wish I would have been that one, but <laughs> I'm okay with where I'm at now because, you know, I get to witness people's deaths, you know, right. when they're in that, that transformation and when they need to be held and when they need to be fucking witnessed, like how amazing, I wish I had someone witness me when I was going through my deaths, <laughs> Yeah, you know, instead of being alone in my bedroom crying, like what the fuck is happening? <laughs> you know, like my right. whole world is falling apart and I have no clue and I'm still in a victim state. So it's everyone else's fault. Right. That one's so hard. That one's such yeah. a hard one. And then, and then almost equally as hard. And this is what I talk about. Cause for me, I went through a lot of this when I was in the hole in prison. Mm. Yeah. You know, so I was literally just locked uh, for extended periods of time for the better part of two years. I was in the hole. And uh, how long was your whole you do, Yeah, I was in, I did about eight years for uh, less than a pound of cannabis. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. So back then it was, uh, it was rough back then. Um, Hey, you know, they, they acted like I was Pablo Escobar. And now I just heard that, uh, 
they just had this giant drug bust and uh, with meth and uh, coke and Molly and fentanyl and uh, like just crazy up there and people are getting killed and some dude got beat to death. The FBI or you know just flooding this tiny little town. I'm like, ufta. And you all thought I was bad with my little QP of, uh, of cannabis that I smoked to myself. Like, yeah, you know, it's so interesting. How how do you feel now, like seeing from you getting eight years for less than a pound of cannabis and then seeing how it's now legalized and all of this, you know, evolutionary process in, you know, the medicinal industry? Like, did you have any resentment towards that? Uh, I, I, I don't, I mean, uh, I always had a resentment that the state locked me up and, uh, over a plant. Like I, I used cannabis, uh, because I have grand mal seizures. And so this was my seizure medication. And when I wasn't on cannabis, they had me on Seroquel and Clonazepam and I was a zombie. I, I literally would drool occasionally. Like drool would just come out and I'd be like, fuck am I, you know, and I couldn't tie my shoes because bending over like that for that kind of period to tie my shoes was, I would try almost flip over and uh, it, it was all bad. And I got, I gained, uh, I think I went up to about 250, 260 pounds. Uh, I would, it was just horrifying in uh, on cannabis. I was completely functional. Uh, you know, uh, at the time when I got arrested, I was an electrician. I, it's not like I was, uh, you know, just some schmuck. I was an electrician and everything and perfectly functional. My kid, my, you know, was raising kids. I went out in my garage and smoked some weed. Um, I, I find it to be, uh, good that they're, uh, more legalizing it. I wish they would have just decriminalized it and just pulled the laws because after the medical, now they're moving on to the uh, uh, recreational is what they're calling it. And I find the recreational horrifying. Um, the things that the government is doing to it. Now we're on the other side of it, you know, it right in the bat again, you know, it's uh, out of the pot and into the fire here um, where the things that they're doing to the industry is are horrifying and they actually have now used that as an excuse to uh just state raid and pillage northern california the the humble county itself is horrifying they've went around uh they started levying hundreds of thousands of dollars fines on these properties and just taking people's properties from them they call it abatement you can look it up they're doing it in oregon now too where they're just stealing people's properties from them. Like they go in and if they think that they, you had you, if they, you know, find whatever and it's, there's not a lot of legality to it because they get in trouble for it. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it's the same way that it's always been. As long as you're of the, not of the good element, nobody's going to stand up for you so they can act more criminal than the criminals. And yeah. that's the way it's always been. Yeah, well, because they can profit off of it now, and now they have control, right? That's absolutely. That's the system absolutely. at its essence. <laughs> how long? Yeah, how long did you? Have, how long? Um, if you don't mind me asking, when did your seizures start? 
I believe I was 27 or 28. And what happened at uh, that time? It wasn't, I, I don't know if there was uh, any particular trauma or anything like that that brought it on. Uh, what Wilson's disease is, is uh, a copper imbalance. So I don't, yeah, I have Wilson's disease. My son is epileptic, so he has epilepsy. Ah, okay. So, yeah, I know quite a bit about epilepsy and cannabis and all the goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just all of a sudden I got to some age where the copper doesn't process right anymore, and I just started having seizures. And <laughs> the cannabis that I've been now uh, three years, I think, without a seizure. I, and the only reason I had one three years ago is because my – uh, was it five years ago now? I'm no good with time. So <laughs> what is time anyways? Um, yeah, <laughs> she is probably more accurate with this. Um, <laughs> but the last time I had one was because her kids, uh, her ex-husband, she went through an ugly divorce and her ex-husband to this day likes trying to play games. And uh, uh, he had told the kids that, you see Ben, he uses cannabis, but he does never get high. It's because he's a, he's such a, he's such a dirty addict and blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, so I explained to him why I use it. And I said, you know, I'm not really trying to get high that much. I'm just trying to get myself to a level. And then I, once I'm at my level, I can go out and function. And that's what I do. Uh, and I, uh, I said, so I said, but maybe I am overusing. Maybe I am. Let's, uh, I'll, I'll, let's experiment. And so I made it about 24 hours at, and I had only cut back. I took one, uh, I took one dose in the evening and one in the morning is all I took nothing throughout the day. And, uh, by the, within 24 hours, like the second day, cause I did it the one afternoon. And by the end of the second afternoon, I was having seizures. So, wow. Christy said it was morning, so she said it wasn't even 24 hours. Like once my once my level dropped down some enough, my seizure threshold also dropped. So yeah. And are you are you on any medications now or just cannabis? No, just cannabis. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> so much better. I occasionally use Kratom, uh like every uh probably like once or twice a month because i went out and did something and i worked too hard and hurt myself or got into it with one of the animals or something <laughs> totally usually <laughs> the goats feel scrappy <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah beautiful you bet you bet mm. so <clears throat> when these so you that's really nice that because I feel like uh we're almost at a little bit of a place similar, only we're not trying to do what you're doing at all. But after the fact, I feel like a lot of people right after they finally are at that point, like they've already been to see you, a lot of times they'll come here and you know, I, I feel like a lot of people use this as like a growth jump off point, like they uh have never lived an alternative life you know they've been so caught up into this other life and so when they come here it's it's just like a crash course for them and it's really interesting to watch uh the different reactions and and most of them are bad while it's here to be honest 
How they're, so? they're, it's, it's probably about three quarters of them don't react well when they're here. And it's not until they get home months later that all of a sudden they all come back and like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we get it now. <laughs> you know, right? um, that's exactly it. Yeah. I really, I really can relate to that. You know, I, I think, well, this gentleman in particular, you know, after four and a half hours, he was pretty white and he was really, really tired. And finally he came to, and the next day he called me and he was just like, I can breathe. Like I haven't been able to breathe my whole life. And like, I went outside and I can, my lungs start like, are big and I can smell things and I feel so happy. And it's like, that is like the best message you can receive on the other end, you know, because a lot right. of my clients, maybe even in the time we're together is like, that was interesting, you know, wow, wow. Then you pass it by a week later and they're like, holy yeah. fuck. <laughs> you know, and it's all just energy that's stuck. And it's just like, it needs to be moved. Or for you, it's like, maybe these people are like witnessing and they're like, this is like too much. This is not my jam. And then all of a sudden they come back home and they realize I don't want to live the life that I was living before. So obviously that stuff now works for me. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's, it, it's super hard because a lot of things that I say are very opposite of what the world says. And it's not until you see that I'm actually living it and it actually does work the way I say, and it, and, and not so much the world that you've got to, that it's, it's, you know, it's that seeing is believing thing, but they've still got to take a minute to soak it in, I think. Yeah. I mean, I see like, of course, this, this life is, is constant. I see it as levels. So we're infant here, right? And we're like learning our shit and learning our lesson right here. And we're like, holy fuck, I cracked the code. Oh my God, I know what's going on. And then you enter the next level and something hits you and you're like, oh, I don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And so you're just constantly up leveling and we're all at different levels. And it's like, you know, you are a part of helping the awakening. We are in a time that is actually shifting the vibration in this world. That's why we're seeing more dismantling of the anger and frustration in politics and what's happening. That's so blatantly obvious now, you know, this would have never yeah. happened. 10 years ago, even though it's always been happening, but now it's so blatant because if we want to use polarity as an example, the darkness, the politics, the politicians, the darkness is so fearful of all the light streaming through. People are waking up at a rapid fucking rate. And that they are. is amazing. Like I am so grateful. I get to witness people in this process. And like you get to be a part of this, sharing your information, sharing your truth, sharing your wisdom, that there's another way to live, that being imprisoned in the mind and what the government says and what the doctors say, it's not truth. You know, it's not truth. Only you truly know what is in your highest and greatest good. And we have been forced to take away our own truth. They have slowly, yep. 
Like here, we'll give you money. So depend on us. Here, take these pills. Here, have this shitty food. The vibration slowly goes down and down and down. And pretty soon you're a puppet playing in the game of the politicians. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it definitely does. Um, and the, the funny thing is, um, I don't even necessarily think that that them as a person uh, is as bad as what a person would want. It's like that position that has been put out, that person's going to act in, in accordance to that position. Like, yeah. like when I, when they refer to as, uh, uh, when people refer to entities and demons and things like when, when they say like pr principalities and things like that, um, like one of my, one of my favorite examples that you can literally feel is, uh, like we had nine puppies just, uh, about a year ago. Mm. And when that pack, all of a sudden they're playing, they're having a good time and then all of a sudden you can feel a, a hard shift in the energy and they aren't playing no more. They are trying to hurt each other. They are attacking each other and, and they don't even know why, uh, you know, all of them will all of a sudden turn on one and the ones dogs that are not even in the fight turn and jump in this fight. And all of a sudden everything's on it. And this is what I, this is what it, to me is a principality. This is, this is what we're talking about then. This isn't, uh, the, you know, this is a general energy that people just got swept up in. And when you're looking at these political positions, because you've seen uh, throughout the years, there's been a number of whistleblowers or people even after they step out of their position that immediately talk about the atrocities of their position uh, and the things that have happened and speak out against it. And it seems like, well, you were the one doing that. So why would, if, if you were so against it, why wouldn't you have stopped it when you had the power? But now that they've stepped out of that position, that it's the position itself. That's the thing mm -hmm. that, that, that position itself is always going to have that thing. And no matter who fills that role, that particular position in, in, so it's the position itself that needs to be fought, not the people in and of themselves. It's not Donald Trump or Joe Biden that needs to be fought. It's the idea of the presidency that that position of power that's been placed above you, that is always going to end up corrupt. Always. It doesn't matter who you put in it. But hasn't this been since like community and systems started originating like for i mean it's been going on forever and yeah i i hear what you're saying in regards to like yeah it isn't like joe biden is a puppeteer for the bigger cause like there's something else there right like you can see in his eyes like, that dude ain't there <laughs> it's like okay who is controlling you illuminati <laughs> you know like straight up but i think that like also there's a on universal level, there's a bigger thing happening, right? Like we think that like we're the only people and this is the only earth that has like life to it. Uh, it's not true. <laughs> it's just not. And I think that there are other forces, other energies or extraterrestrials that have motives as well. And 
I think that they are personally a part of this fight that's going on. And I don't, it's hard for me to say this because like, ultimately I don't see it as this, but the best way to explain it is this way for people who are just like getting curious about this stuff is like, there's a war going on between light and dark right now. And it always has been going on, but right now it's the most prevalent than it's ever been based on the vibrational level that we're ascending to. So we have all of this corruption, all of these politicians always have done the same things. And yeah, you're right. They're not, they're not the main cause. Like they're just the front show people while everything in the back is systematically trying to figure out how can we keep these people numb? Let's create COVID. Let's create a, let's create this, this idea, right? Like now we have to have our children vaccinated in California with the COVID shot. Let's make that pass now. Like all of these things to keep us in our masks of unawareness in the matrix keep following what we say because this is a prison and this is what has been going on and like now people are like i'm fucking over it like i'm over my job like they thought covid was gonna help in fact i think it like woke up people way more simply for the fact they're like i don't actually enjoy what i'm doing (laughs) right you know like i have all this free time now like what do i want to do and it started opening up the minds of people because when you're in a yeah. nine to five job every day and then you have your weekend, you're like, I don't really want to do much because I'm so exhausted, let alone try to learn your evolutionary process on how to get out of the matrix. <laughs> right? Yeah. They overplayed their hand something fierce with yeah. that. It, it, super interesting how hard they overplayed their hand. And, oh. and it did not go well. <clears throat> Although in California, they still act like it went well. I know. That's, so, why, that's why we moved. That's why we moved. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, like, I, I understand. It's not a vibrational match anymore for me. I was like, I need to get out of here. Like, you know, when COVID hit, immediately I received an, I received a download. And it was like, this is false. This is falsity. This isn't true. And so from the very jump, I was like, I'm not scared. There's nothing to be scared about. This is a fear induced reaction that they want from us. And I got a lot of backlash in California for that. You know, I, I stopped going to my job because if they wanted me to wear a mask, I said, I'm not wearing a fucking mask. I will not. And so I left my job which propelled me now to my healing work, which is beautiful, right? Right, right. Which so like, is what you were talking about where COVID, they they didn't realize the beast that they were somewhat unleashing. That, yeah. uh, I, you bet. Yeah, how, has it been there now? how has it been What's in that? Humboldt? How has it been in Humboldt as far as like um, – the awareness that people have around what took place. They're dead. Their, their, their third eyes are uh, scorched popcorn. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere. Uh, it, it, so it was a super interesting thing that I, that because during the COVID uh, narrative, um, we actually were very active and uh, 
like right when it started out, like at the height of the the lockdown portions and stuff, Christy and I drove all the way to New York and uh, went and did did an event. And then we went on our honeymoon and went all over. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a I'm a rolling stone. I don't stay still too often if I'm off the I'm getting where I'm not as much, you know, so I got the farm and all the responsibilities, but especially when I was younger, I didn't hardly stay still. And it's super interesting. So these areas where the, the area where the thing in New York happened was right outside of Woodstock and Mm -hmm. it's all old hippies and they are the most crazy Nazi people about the COVID thing that you've ever seen. Ever Doesn't it blow your mind? It's like, what? It, yeah, it's mind blowing. These anti government people are like, yes. wear your mask. Like, that's what blew my mind. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. And, and, and Humboldt, same way. Old hippies, uh, they're marching up and down the street. They're screaming at you in stores. Uh, you know, wow. like, it, it was, there's, I couldn't get feed from the feed store without, they wouldn't ring me out if I wasn't wearing a mask. Um, and so, and I got to feed my animals. Like there's just nothing, no two ways about that. And, uh, the feed store and what was the other store that the what? Well, the one grocery, so we said there was two grocery stores. One would let me go without a mask. So we just X'd the other one off and I still don't go there. You know, and that's the whole thing that we as people need to take responsibility instead of making laws for things. The way capitalism really was supposed to work is, is if a company acts shitty, you quit buying their products and then they go under. Like, it's it's a pretty simple thing, you know. Um, but over here, it was really bad. And then Redding, where it's very conservative for California. You know, I got yeah, that caveat yeah, thrown right. in there. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, those are the those are the conservatives of California. They <laughs> fought it tooth and nail. I, yeah. the old, they didn't they didn't ever put in a mask policy in in the city of Reading. You know, um, you know they were I mean? real good about it. They fought the governor. They they uh, they fired the city council when the city council tried. Like the citizens threw a whole huge thing. There's even videos on the internet of like the the EMTs. So I can't remember what special position. Oh, it was something about like making sure you kept breathing while you while you went under for surgery. And if this guy wasn't in the hospital, the hospital you couldn't even land a, a, a helicopter there. Like they would completely bypass that hospital without this dude standing there. And he's like, I won't, I won't take the backs. I won't wear I, I will not screw you. If you want this hospital shut down, then, you know, for this type of care, then go ahead and do what you want. And so Redding was really standout in California for it. And unfortunately moved from Redding to humble. <laughs> it was traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that was one of the most surprising things out of the whole time was I felt like I was in this like time capsule, like where I thought the place I was living at the time, Sebastopol, which is like very like, uh, like hippie chic, I would call it (laughs) like a lot of hippies trying to be like, but like rich hippies. (laughs) Yep. Um, 
But that's the key. I, Rich I thought hippies. everyone, yeah, right? Like I thought we were all on the same page for so long. And then this happens and everyone's like, no, we need to wear a mask. We need to keep it. I'm like, what? Like, am I the only one here that's like, see, what? Like I couldn't fully wrap my head around it. And the fact that like, you know, if I didn't, I don't really like to choose like which side I'm on, like liberals. I mean, they're all the same, like right. conservatives were all like, you know, going through something, but, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, if I had to choose, am I now a conservative? Because every one of the conservatives I knew were like, fuck this. You're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to own my gun. I'm going to own my rights. And I'm like, wait, what? 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 Yes. Like, you know, and it was just such a time warp. And what I had to really do, because a part of this practice, at least in, in, in my purpose here, is to see all sides so that I can really get a well-rounded picture of everything. And so I had to, I kept going into like this anger, this deep fucking anger of like, wake the fuck up, wake up. And then coming back and being like, everyone's journey is going to be different. There's something to learn for each person and have, have grace and have compassion, but stand your boundaries. Like, no, like I respect you, but no, you're not imposing that on me. And so that's really what the dance was for me in that process of like from anger to compassion and like finding that in between of like, okay, like I'm just going to, I'm just going to bring it into my inner peace because my energy is directly affecting the energy in the external world. So if I'm yeah. anger, right, anger is going to come back to me. It's, it is the karmic cycle. That's what happens. You throw energy out and the electromagnetic current brings it back in for you to dismantle. So when we go through these processes of like learning how to navigate compassion when you're so triggered is, is a self mastery that you could spend your whole life practicing. <laughs> and that probably that situation with COVID was, was probably the biggest one for me. I, I, I do like that. Um, and I, and I do agree. It was one of the things I even talked about. I said, you know, you guys that are going out looking for a fight uh, that are making these videos where, where the, uh, where the stores, like, like even where I said, they wouldn't check me out at the feed store. Nobody like had a big raging fight with me. Nobody, Nobody, you know, threatened me or threatened to call the cops. They're just like, hey, man, we're not going to check you out if you don't wear a mask. Yeah. Well, now I get the choice of yeah. either I can say I'm walking out of this store or else I'm going to slip a mask on, pay for my feed yes. and walk out of the store. One or the other. And I'm here to buy feed today. I'm like not here to get into a fight with with people and, and the ones that were going out purposely getting into a fight where they were getting into these raging fights with half the store and uh, putting it all over YouTube and TikTok. Well, those guys went into that store looking for that fight. They weren't yeah. looking to shop. They were looking to fight. They were already they having the energy of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And, and this is also about the government keeping us separate. Let's separate them even yeah. more. And so what better way than to start creating sides? Mass, no mass. 100%. Right. Well, and, and, it's, and it's, it's sides that we chose. They aren't yeah. forcing it. Like yeah. this is our own, 
Like, like you guys pick your teams, but fight amongst yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be out of California, you know, as a home for me for a very long time. I grew up there, but um, just not in the residence anymore to that space and the, and the people. Not saying, you know, if you're from California, I love you guys, but (laughs) you know, just as far as my path goes. Yeah. Christy and I are having a kind of at a crossroads with it also. It's like, uh, we're so at odds with, you know, obviously there is beautiful people in California. I mean, uh, you know, the state has literal millions upon millions of people. Um, so obviously there's beautiful people here, uh, but, uh, the government and especially the local Humboldt government is so horribly offensive and they're not just offensive, they're intrusive. And I, you know, and I can, I can even handle offensive. Like I find most governments offensive and this is, this brings us, you know, like what you were just talking about. Um, and, and I think that that's a big transition period that we're having we're not just learning one thing. We're trying to learn multiple things. And one of those things is how to transition back into the more uh, uh, self yes. type of life where, 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 where we're in charge of self. It's We're not giving away our authority. And then at the same time, understanding how to deal with others who also are in their own authority and maybe don't aren't doing what we want them to do or living like we like. And since we've been so long without that, that's a hard transition to make. Like, you know, how do I handle this guy doing this thing? I can't, I don't like it all, even though, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, when you start living like that a lot, like that's one of the things you learn when you live out here like this is, is if my neighbor's not doing something that actually affects me, I'm not offended about it. Like, you know, yeah. And how long have you owned the farm for? Uh, this farm, we moved here, uh, two and a half years ago. Now we moved to this one. Um, and this one's super isolated. The other farm was isolated, but it was like, uh, I think six families owned basically the entirety of a mountain and we were one of them. Mm. And, but with that, the mountain itself was kind of isolated off and gated off. It was like the biggest gated community, I guess, ever, I guess. Um, <laughs> there was only two entrances to the mountain and, you know, we kept wow. them closed. So, uh, uh, but you start to learn that it doesn't even matter if what your neighbor's doing offends you, you don't like it. If you don't like the way it looks, look another fucking direction. Like, that's your problem. Absolutely. Um, there's a question that I have for you with everything that you've been through and where you're at now, what would you say is your mission in life at this point? Like what, what drives you? I'm on the great work myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to become a God, to be honest. Uh, that's what I've been here for, uh, the whole time. And, um, And when you say, I think that just on that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and when you say, um, I'm on a mission to become God, what is God for you? Um, it's not the big, it's not the all. So there's the, you know, the all is literally everything. 
And then the all splits into the all father and the all mother. And the all father is material and the all mother is immaterial. And uh, so that's the void. Well, then the all father splits into the feminine and masculine inside of the all father, which is fire and ice. And the all mother pulls the fire and ice together. And where that happens, that's where life exists. And mm. so this is the path that Odin walked where he took that perfect fire side and that perfect ice side and puts them together. And he sacrifices the ego, which you know, I, I really like where that to, we had started talking about that. Um, and when they say sacrifice the ego, I think people take that and, and uh, they run with it. And then they try to make this ego out to be evil. And it's absolutely not. The, e the ego is literally this carbon body that's holding the fire and the ice together because those two polarities want to move away from each other. That's what mm -hmm. a polarity does. And so something needs to keep them in the same area. And it's while you're in this carbon body ego that you learn to align those two polarities and put them back together. So in the story of actual alchemy, when you're performing this on a plant, what's really going on then is the fire and the ice are the broken side of the masculine. The masculine side is broken into two and the feminine pulls them back together and heals them through the feminine. And yeah. so well, that is the great work to do that with yourself. Yes. Woo. Uh, speak that truth. <laughs> that's that's that. what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. And so how are you moving those parts now in your life? The, the way that that uh, pans out, and I put a lot of thought into this, because obviously, unlike a plant, I can't throw, grind up my body and throw it into a, you know, <laughs> into an alembic. And, uh, you know, that does yeah. not really pan out. So what I, what, and this really gets interesting, because from my perspective, honestly, some of these, uh, where we're seeing so many bipolar people, I think they're more advanced than your average person because they, they have two minds now that are awake. Like that's why they have a polarity. They, yes. they are accessing both sides and not just living in the ego. They're, they're having a high and a low. And then you have to understand there's an ego here that's living it out. So you've really got three minds that you're accessing all at once. Now, where it gets tricky is, is understanding which ones are real, like which ones, because only your salt mind and your, your uh, sulfur mind are truly you. That's what you're trying to align. And your ego is supposed to represent that. So we all kind so most people live kind of in reverse. The, the situations of this world is what they live by. And when you want to do the great work. It's the opposite. It doesn't matter to me what the world is doing. I live in alignment with me. Yeah. Like the world can tell me something's fucked up and I don't care. I don't yeah. care how many of you tell me that it's fucked up. I, I live in alignment with me and with a perfect me. And now that ego becomes that like uh, one day this guy comes up to me and he's like, 
I, he was wearing a leather uh, kilt and I was like, Oh, that's a cool kilt. You know, uh, it was a real nice leather <laughs> kilt. And I was like, that's yeah. cool. and I, I, he's like, I like the, I like the Viking thing you got going on. And I'm literally just sitting there wearing a t-shirt and jeans. I don't have any, anything like that, but yeah. I'm a heathen. I project heathen. Like everything about me is that. And so that's what people see. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we're talking about going through the great work. Like you don't just say you are something like all these people that walk around. Oh, I'm a shaman. Like if you really, if you really were in alignment with that, nobody would question. You wouldn't have to say it. Nobody would question. Oh yeah. That dude, he's a shaman right there. You see that? Yeah. You all know, you guys know. <laughs> I, it's true. It's true. I agree with that. Yeah. So it's figuring that out. Cause the thing is, is that that true you is going to be different for each one of us. Yeah. So I'm living my true me. You're not going to have to walk the path that I am. You're not supposed to be me at all. You got your own thing you're supposed to do. You need to get to the purity of that. Yeah. Amen to that. Like I, I totally receive that. And I hear that because I too agree, you know, I've, I've had a lot of conflict on, on using names because I think names can put you in a box, you know, yeah. like on my Instagram handle, it says shamanic priestess, because that's the only two words that explain what I do. And I alchemize the two, yeah. but do I think that like, I'm the definition of a shaman. I'm a definition of, of the priestess. No, it's like, I'm alchemizing the energy of that definition of what it is. You know, and yeah. when I go into this space in my sacred temple, be, I turn into something different. I know how to alchemize the energy that needs to be transmuted, you know, and I just walk right. that. like that is my mission. That's my purpose. I don't need to convince or show anybody. Yeah, you just are that. Right. And, and so you continue to just do that practice of alignment of like, okay, I'm a little off. Where can I come back into that harmonious state again? And it's that dance. Right. But like, I totally get it. And also like just the titles for me have been like the most challenging as I've stepped into this, even using, yeah. the word, even using the word here healer. I'm like, but am I like, am I, you am know, like, I? yeah. Like what I sure okay we'll call it that just because that will make sense to you <laughs> yeah you know exactly. and it's like so when people ask me what I do I'm like I don't know you're just gonna have to come see <laughs> like if you need support and transformation I got you <laughs> mm -hmm. you know and and so it's been it's been um interesting in being in the human body and trying to identify as something when you know it's just a state of being yeah you know no, that's fantastic well this has yeah. been a lot of fun we are uh closing out our first hour please remind everybody where they can come find you and uh say goodbye to the youtube crowd we're gonna uh, jump on over to Roxton. awesome go ahead thank you so much and you can find me on instagram at kira kali and on facebook as well but i'm primarily on instagram so yeah check you guys out there Fantastic. Go check her out, guys. And we will see you on the Rockfin side where the show is free to come watch. It's also free to come chat, but you do have to sign up for an account just like you did for YouTube if you want to make comments. Um, 
and say anything about the show, ask any questions. Uh, and then there's a couple different premium options. Uh, there's a $5 one now if you just want to support the channel. Uh, and then there's a $15 one where you can get access to all the channels and watch all the different ones like uh, Conspiracy Social Club and all those different shows. Um, but we'll see you guys on the Rockfin side. Love you guys. Bye.